Welcome to On Call with Dr. Anselm Anyoha. In this podcast, learn about the social, emotional, and physical health of children and their journey from birth through preschool and beyond. Find compassionate answers to issues parents and children face and that pediatricians encounter every day. Discussions in this podcast are not meant to diagnose or treat any conditions. Parents and caregivers, talk with your children's pediatricians or doctors about topics and perspectives presented here. Today, we'll be starting a five-part series to create strong parent-newborn relationships. The series has five parts. Caregiver sensitivity, which we'll learn about today, calmness and regulation, and other topics every parent of a newborn will want to know. You are on call with Dr. Anselm on Yoha. Today, we're going to discuss a very important subject, which is how newborns develop quality relationship with their caregivers. Number one is the capacity to recognize what's going on in the life of a baby. Number two is to take actions to intervene and to help out the baby. This is what we call caregiver sensitivity. So when a mother and a newborn, they've been released from the hospital and they're home and they're beginning their, their new life together and the newborn is adjusting to being in the world. And now the newborn's in a new home environment with the mom. Can you tell us when you talk about cues, what cues does the mother start to look for? Thank you so much for that question. The relationship between a newborn and a caregiver is very important because that's the building block for other developments such as socialization, emotions, even cognitive development. The relationship between a mother or a caregiver, parents actually, fathers, grandfather, the immediate member of the family and the newborn, that relationship is very important. One of the vital elements of building that relationship is for the caregiver to be able to recognize cures. And they can come in several ways. An infant might be uh, wiggling, they might be silent, they might be moving their legs, they might be crying. So you have to be able to recognize those subtle cues because sometimes it signals that something's going on. And coming to the rescue is very, very important. That means taking action. Because when you're doing that, the baby gets to trust you as somebody who comes to their rescue, which is very important. So you mentioned it builds a bond of trust between the baby and the mother. And I just am wondering, all of this advice must also apply to other caregivers that will be with that baby. Oh, definitely. The father plays a big part of it. The grandmother plays a big part of it. The grandfather, the siblings, everybody who is an immediate environment of the baby plays a big part of that caregiver sensitivity. Recognizing what a baby's needs are and then taking actions. And then it might look very simple, but it's not always very simple. So let's talk about some of those ways that people can learn from your experience. One concern or issue that a parent might have is my baby has not eaten for hours. What's a good response? And what's a response that sometimes you see that might not be as good as a response to this problem? Babies 
are usually sleeping, eating, and in a moving their bowels. If a baby is hungry, of course, they will be very fussy and they will start crying. A sensitive caregiver will recognize that and then intervene immediately. Recognition is one thing. Timely response is another thing. So that is a very sensitive mother who recognizes baby hasn't eaten for three hours. He's hungry. Let me pick him up and feed him. So he's responding. The response is uh, timely. Compared that to uh, a different situation, a caregiver doesn't recognize that the baby is crying because they're hungry. Or rather, they recognize that the baby is hungry, but they have to wait for another one hour or two hours to feed the baby. To be very sensitive, you have to recognize a baby's need and respond in, in a timely fashion. That way, the baby will expect the same response in the future. So that's very important. So in that situation, the newborn will get to know that its cues are being responded to, and the, the new mom will get to know that this is already improving our relationship. We're starting to get into a good routine here. This is working. That's right. That's right. It's about trust. It's about trust that I'm expecting help. Help is there. So the next time when I cry, I know my mom, my father, my grandpa, my sibling are going to be there to help me. So it is a two-way relationship and that trust has to be established for the baby to, to move on with their social-emotional needs. Most babies are eating after every two hours, every three hours, and you know, some eat more often if they're big and heavy, about 10, eight to 10 pounds, they, they want to eat frequently. So the caregiver has to understand the a baby's uniqueness. Waiting for four hours is a long time to feed a baby. And not only feeding, the baby could be fussy because their diaper is wet or soiled. So the caregiver should be able to pick that up as well as a sensitive caregiver. And then go ahead and change the diaper to make the baby comfortable. Baby is giving signal all the time. It's for the caregiver to recognize the signals and help out. And that's how they, the newborns and their caregivers do relationship. We have another example of a situation a new mom might encounter. The baby might not have slept for hours and the parent might notice them yawning or fussing. A good response would be, you've written about this, singing the baby to sleep or maybe picking the baby up until it settles down. Can you give some advice about what happens if a baby's fussy and it's not sleeping and it, it seems like it's time for the baby to be sound asleep? Resting and sleeping is very important because it helps with brain development in the newborns. Like adults, when they rest, they're very peaceful. They achieve more. So the same thing with the babies need the rest, the time to sleep for their brain to begin to develop very well. So that's very important. Sensitive caregiver recognizes the need for the baby to sleep and takes action. Could be as little as singing for the baby, uh, telling uh, people around the baby to keep quiet, my baby's trying to sleep, or turning the light down. They recognize the situation, they take action. 
And that's what makes them a very sensitive caregiver. Children are newborn. Sometimes they're waking up in the middle of the night. Parents might be wondering, what can I expect for the first few weeks when I bring this baby home? It's very normal for the baby to wake up every two, three hours. So they are actually looking up the baby. Is he awake? Maybe I should go and pick him up and feed him. So there's this cycle of frequent awakening every two, three hours to feed poop and sleep. And that is very normal the first couple of weeks of life. After that, the baby begins to sleep longer and the parents begin to get more rest. So it's a cycle that improves as time goes on. The baby is happy. It's getting more rest and the parents are very happy because by then they're very tired. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It gets better with time. It gets better, much better with time. But you have to stay on it there at first two or three weeks. It, even a month, you know, your baby should be waking up frequently, even at night to feed, poop, and sleep. Feed, poop, and sleep. What is a good sleeping environment? A good sleeping environment is this environment that is very quiet. Just like adults. Adults will want people bothering them when they're sleeping. So imagine yourself as a baby. <laughs> you don't want people bothering when you're trying to sleep. When it's time to sleep, you don't want that music. You don't want televisions. They don't want people making noise. So the excessive caregiver created a very quiet environment for the newborns to sleep and get some rest. And that is very important. Some parents will have baby monitors in the room so they can hear, or maybe they might even have a camera to see what's going on with the baby. Do you recommend this? And how aware or how in tune should parents be with every minute of what's happening with the baby while they're in the room away from the mother or the father? Okay. I think that's kind of overdone to have a camera. I mean, it depends on that. Uh, every baby has a different story and every parent has a different story. What happened in their life before? What happened with their previous babies before? So there's a background to what parents do. Their culture is very important and the experience of the caregivers is very important. A caregiver who's very experienced, who knows about baby, might not have cameras everywhere, right? But someone who is very new, their first baby and then very anxious, they might have cameras and monitoring system everywhere. But I don't think that's very important for most of the babies. You just have to, the parents have to go and check them every two, three hours and to see what's going on. Or make sure the baby is sleeping, make sure the blanket is not covering the face, and make sure the baby is not awake and looking for somebody to pick them up. So that's all part of being a sensitive caregiver. And babies can, they know what's going on. They can read adult emo emotions and they know when you're real, when that relationship is very real and they get attuned to that. And that's how the relationship begins to you know, be quality relationship. You talked a little bit about the baby needing to be picked up if it's fussing, if it's crying, and for the caregiver to kind of be in tune with those cues. We have some other examples. One problem might be that the baby stays up at night and the parent might not know why, or the baby is fussy for no good reason. So what are some of the things that a parent should look for 
if they're trying to figure out why is my baby up? Why is my baby fussy? How do I know what's going on here? Well, good, very good question. Is it, this is a trial and error thing, right? Especially for new parents. There's no magic one we can just say, hey, this is what's wrong with my baby. It's a trial and error. You go and find out. You go pick up the baby and, hey, baby, what's going on? You know, are you fast? Are you hungry? Are you, are you, are you hungry? You try to feed the baby. You try to check your diaper. And this gives you an impression, a very good impression of what's going on. And you learn from that. With each day, you learn new things about your baby. But you have to go and investigate it. Even the experienced parents and our caregivers, they still have to do trial and error. Pick up the baby. Some babies like to be picked up quickly. Others like to be left alone. It's an individual differences. But the parents have to figure it out. It doesn't take a lot to figure it out, but you have to stay on it and figure out what your baby likes. What about a situation where a family has other children that are curious about the newborn? If there are other children in the house with the baby, what happens in those situations? That's a good thing because the babies like the interaction, the attention. The babies should be the focus of attention. So they like the interaction as long as they don't wear the baby out, they don't stress the baby out. The parents should give the siblings time to interact with their new, new baby bonds with him or her, when the baby starts fussing and showing signs of fatigue, then say, hey, this is the time baby can't sleep now, please, hey, everybody leave. <laughs> so there's this back of interaction, negotiation of what is uh, the limit of how you can interact with baby. So that's a good thing. So let's talk a little bit more about that interaction. If a baby is fussing and wants to be picked up, it's always the right response to pick up the baby when a baby's fussing and crying. It seems like that's always the right response. It's never the right response to let the baby cry and fall asleep. You have to find out what's going on, right? Yes, I think that's very critical. Yeah, baby can be fussing for a lot of reasons. Sorry, dark diaper would be one reason. If their hands are trapped behind your back, if they're lying com uncomfortable, if something is hurting their them, like an object under the bed sheets, there's a whole bunch of things that can things wrap around their toes. If they scratch their eyes with their long nails, there could be reasons why a baby is crying. So you just can assume that this is a very fussy baby and they leave the baby alone. You have to find out, hey, what's going on with my baby? It's always good to find out what's going on with them. Pick the baby up. You know, examine the baby, try a few things, then it could be that the baby up. I didn't even know. So you cannot just assume that this is just a fussy baby and leave the baby alone. You have to go and investigate. And that's what makes you a very sensitive caregiver. We talked about picking up the baby and some parents... I've heard people say, well, you don't want to spoil your child. You don't want to spoil the baby. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, well, that's a cultural thing, you know. Uh, some, in some cultures, the thing is that picking the baby is spoiling the baby. But that research, research has shown that is not so. Picking up a baby is not spoiling them. That's what research shows. The problem with not picking up a baby when the baby is fussy is because the baby is going to learn that uh, 
their cues are not answered. In other words, they're giving signal, nobody's responding. And what's going to happen is stop giving you signals. They stop giving you cues. Okay. Instead of crying anymore, they say, hey, the last time I cried, nobody came to me. So it's like an adult relationship. If you're not responding, what does your partner do? They stop giving you signals. So the same thing with the baby. Babies need that interaction. That interaction is an active process that helps brain development. So that's very critical. It sounds like what you're saying is the nurturing part of the relationship. Not only does it help, but it improves the life and the health of the baby and it improves the trust in the relationship. Everything goes much better when parents are picking up on cues of the newborn. That's right. That's 100%. Yes. Very important. So I have another question. Can you think of any incidents of new mothers or parents that came to you and said, I didn't know what was going on with my baby. They were fussing. I need your advice. They're not sleeping through the night. I'm worried something's wrong with them. At what point does a parent need to reach out to you as a pediatrician? If you have any issue that you cannot solve, you have to reach out to your pediatrician as soon as possible. I've had this parent, this new mom came in and the baby's fussing and the baby's not eating and the baby's fussing. And she was very uh, stretched out, the mom, because she knew that the baby's hungry, but the baby's not eating or still fussing. So they came to my office. What I did was I picked up the, is a new mom. So I picked up this baby. <laughs> I told the mom to give me the formula. And I spent about five minutes feeding this baby. And after some struggle back and forth, the baby started breaking the formula for me. The mo mother was surprised. And she said, hey, she wasn't doing this for me. But I told her, look at what babies want to know is that you are very much interested in their comfort. They give you a small hard time just to test you out. But if you still on it, if they know that you are there for them. So this baby realized that I'm not giving up. And then she started drinking. And once she drank that bottle, she was fine. The moral of the story is that parents, caregivers need a lot of patience with babies. You have to be there with them in that moment. And they will pick up that positive energy and they will drink for you, sleep for you. Are you going to have a, a happy baby with a good relationship? So part of this caregiver relationship and building the trust is getting into this routine with the baby, this daily routine. And when everything is going well and everybody's, the baby's growing and there aren't any health problems, there are all kinds of things that parents can do to nurture this caregiver relationship in the very beginning. You yeah. see parents, like they have these strollers with wheels and some parents are runners and they're going to run with their babies and the Zoom stroller, whatever, it's like a, a bike stroller. Would you say all of these things are good because it's building this relationship with the parent as long as it's safe, of course? Yes, I think, I think that's true. There's, a, there's new innovations on how to care for babies. You know, uh, it's not static. But I think the thing that's very important would be that personal relationship. I would prefer parents to think for their babies instead of a machine. I will recommend personal contact with the baby. All right. I think that is more uh, lasting than just leaving a baby to watch televisions 
and listen to the voices that is not yours. Let the baby be in tune with your own voice, with the caregiver's voice, with the family voice, because that's more lasting. They're looking at you and they're ready to play. They're ready to engage. You can say, hey, baby, what's going on? <laughs> give your attention, give their eye, eye contact, to engage them in that moment. Be with them so they can get to know you and trust you and know that this is my caregiver where I can trust. So parents who should use that opportunity to interact with them. Dr. Anyoa, thank you for sharing all of this with us. And we look forward to hearing more about being calm and regulating the environment. And we can't wait to find out what that means. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. It's been exciting. Thanks for joining us for this episode. To answer questions you may have in a future podcast, write to Dr. Anyoa at modernerapediatrics at yahoo.com. Find articles and books written by Dr. Anyoa on his website, modernerapediatrics.com. Listen to On Call with Dr. Anyoa wherever you find your podcasts.